0: Hey, everyone, this is Fully Charged, the Benjamin Franklin High School podcast. (laughs) That's playing tennis without a net, you know, or uh, a sports game without an umpire. No rules doesn't make things better. It makes things inconsequential. Welcome back to another episode of Fully Charged. I am Mr. Clicker. For those of you who don't know me, I teach 11th grade American history, 12th grade government and economics, and I am joined by a wonderful partner here. Why don't you introduce yourself?
1: I'm Mr. Finnegan, and I teach all of the Latin.
0: All of it. All
1: of it. 8th grade up to 12th grade.
0: Uh, Today, sort of building off of what was discussed last week with the question of what is Stugo and why is it important, we have been asked to talk about the virtues that Ben Franklin has. And specifically, and I'll start this off with you, Mr. Finnegan, because you are our resident Latin expert here, we have classical virtues that we teach at this school. And many of these virtues will seem recognizable to some of these students. So a question might be, why aren't we using Christian virtues? Or why aren't we doing a little bit more of a modern interpretation of these classical virtues? Why go all the way back to the Greeks, and more specifically, to the Romans?
1: That's a good question. Um, Partially, I would say the answer is that these are virtues that have stood the test of time. They are core values that, as an in- in- inheritor of Western society, we fundamentally agree with and count as, well, virtues. If we took a more modern idea of virtue, there's just not as much material for us to, to work with. One of the reasons we choose the classical virtues is because we have thousands of years of great minds discussing and parsing and tearing apart and building back up what those virtues are, what they mean, and how we can live by them, or not.
0: And so that's very good for modern stuff, but what about Christian virtues? Are are we not supposed to be kind to one another and do unto others as we would have done unto us? Is that not something that we should do at a classical school?
1: Well, certainly, and I think that uh, people of any faith can agree that you know, to the golden rule. We see that do unto others in Christianity, in Buddhism, in Confucianism. So I would say that it's not an ex— a lot of what we do is not exclusively Christian society, as well as, like, we're we're not a Christian school. We are a school for everyone. Now, we believe in teaching virtues that are accessible to everyone. And if we tried to limit that off by creed, well, A, That would be very illegal. And B, like everybody deserves an education, not just people who agree with any individual faith statement. Mm -hmm. Uh, And to add on to that from the history
0: perspective, many of the early church historians and philosophers, when speaking about Socrates and Cicero, said, boy, they were pagans, true pagans, who had never heard of the good news and the gospel before but they came about as close as you can get without what we consider to be divine revelation. They, they synthesized much of it. That was what a good portion of medieval Christian thinking was about, was synthesizing this classic Greek and Roman philosophy and these Roman virtues with the Christian ethics as they understood them. So you are getting quite a bit of these other virtues by
1: going back to the classics. Would you agree with that? Oh, absolutely. I mean, speaking of like Christian ethic, um, why would you say we adhere to these classical virtues when they were the ideals of a society that was fundamentally hypocritical, a society that celebrated freedom, but was built entirely upon slavery, a society that was built on uh, equality and rationality, but was horrifically oppressive to women for much of its history?
0: I used this exact question with my speech and debate class very early on this year when I was going over logical fallacies with them. Here are stupid things that you shouldn't say and one of them was an appeal to hypocrisy. Well you say this thing but you do something else. I do not have a single musical bone in my body, I should never be allowed to sing in public and I definitely should not be allowed to play an instrument in public. Does that mean that guitars are bad because I play one badly? If I was to get up there and hammer away pretty haphazardly at piano keys, does that mean that a piano is a bad instrument? No, it means that I am a bad player that has not lived up to the potential that is there. One of the reasons that these virtues have been so long-lasting and their longevity has been what it is, is because in a lot of ways, these virtues demand perfection. And the Romans, I think you would agree with this, as our resident Rome expert, (laughs) they as a culture demanded perfection, correct? Yeah. So uh, when we say, ah, we have fallen short, that is expected, that is to be understood, and the implied message that is with that is, you can do better next time because you haven't gotten there yet, but you can keep improving. And is that not exactly what education is all about? I tell
1: all of my students that, you know, if you don't fail, that means you haven't learned anything.
0: So we, we are saying you must be perfect. You must do all of this. The Romans fell abysmally short in many of the areas that they tried to practice. We still take a lot of our ethics and a lot of our political ideas and our philosophy from these Romans, from both the Republic and Imperial eras, even with this moral failing of the empire. There were incredibly virtuous Romans.
1: It is throwing the baby out with the bathwater because... So by throwing the baby out with the bathwater, you mean getting rid of something good just because it's surrounded by something bad? We we are essentially saying... Because
0: this one group of people did something bad, we will use that failing to judge every single person on that standard, and that's prejudice by its very nature, because we're not viewing them as individuals, which also goes against what we teach here at (laughs) Ben Franklin. When I am doing Socratic questions with my kids, which literally takes their name from Socrates, Mm. and we are reading something from Cicero, why would I not want to instill in them the ideas that Socrates and Cicero preached at the cost of Socrates' life? Mm-hmm. That, that is something true, good, and beautiful. And mm-hmm. we should not take the failings of man as an indicator that the higher things are not what we should aspire mm-hmm. to. What, what, what would we replace it with? That would Absolutely. be like playing, <laughs> that, that's playing tennis without a net. <laughs> You know, or uh, a sports game without an umpire. Yeah. No rules doesn't make things better. It makes things inconsequential.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, like, I think you're, you're right. Like, holding trying to hold people to a standard that, that they don't meet is a way to learn from even other people's mistakes. We can learn from the ways in which Rome and Greece were blind to the faults of their society. Like, we can look at our conception of freedom and our conception of equality more clearly because we can see where in the past people have failed to meet that standard, failed to live up to that I- ideal.
0: Mm. You know, I'm curious, this, this is a, just an interesting question I had here, and I'll give it to you in two parts, four parts technically, <laughs> uh, I would love to know what virtue you think you have the best mastery over out of all of the virtues that are there and the virtue that you need to work on the most. And then I would love to ask that same question on what is the virtue you see students at Benjamin Franklin most practicing mm. and the one that you want to see us improve on?
1: Oh, that's a hard question.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Fully charged.
1: Who cares what they're wearing on Main Street or it's what you wear. This December catch the musical you'll never get tired of starring your own Benjamin Franklin be cast.
0: So, Mr. Finnegan, getting back on to the topic of virtues, I'll just ask it again to make this easy for us both. The virtue that you see most in yourself, the virtue that you see the least in that you want to improve on,
1: and then what about those same two categories for the school itself? I would say that the one I am worst at is honestly gravitas. Mm. I have always been a person to make to crack jokes when it's inappropriate. What I do best, that one's even harder. Uh, I'm not very good at self-evaluation. So probably I would say uh, humanitas. Mm. And as far as at Franklin, I think that we do humanitas very well. And I think that's part of why I, I feel so much at home here is that is this is a place where, where we do strive to reach sort of the pinnacle of what we as human beings can be
0: I, I've been blown away by the stuff that I've seen here at the school. I completely agree with that.
1: Um, what are we bad at? Uh, well, not, not even so much bad, because bad at, I, I don't do think the
0: Romans work? would ever say, you're bad at no. <laughs> this virtue. The Romans sure. would go, this needs improvement. We are sure. not here yet. The shape is not
1: fully formed. So what are we not fully formed in? I think, since we just did this virtue, fermitas, uh, that... What I see in our student body is that there's a lot of giving up when something is hard. There's a lot of, this is long and boring and I just don't want to. And I feel like that's something that is a a symptom of our American society as a whole. Uh, So I'm not necessarily specifically a Franklin problem, but it is a problem that I'm seeing.
0: Mm -hmm something that they they need to learn. Which once again, how about this? We tie things back together. It ties into what we were talking about Mm -hmm. with failure as well, right? The only way to get that Fermi toss is to experience failure.
1: Mm -hmm. My my biggest rule is that it's okay to be wrong. Mm -hmm. So yeah, absolutely. I think that only when you see that you have a problem can you solve a problem get rid of that fear of
0: failure. Get get rid of it. One of the reasons why the Roman Empire did as well as it did. If they failed, they would try and try again, and eventually you'll run out of ways to make them fail on the (laughs) battlefield, in the marketplace, in the libraries. And what what they could not overcome, they adapted to. It's why their legacy is so enduring and widespread. Absolutely. I think that we're about out of time here. I think that this is a decent place to stop it at. So we we just want to encourage all of you, ensure that you are practicing these virtues. Mm -hmm. You don't need to do all of them well at first. Pick (laughs) one or two that you can see, I am doing this one very well. I want to stay mindful that I do well on this one. Here is the one where I am not yet fully formed. Here is a way that I can better my formation and get to work, do the hard things. And don't be afraid of failure. Absolutely. It's, It's okay to be wrong. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Fully Charged. It has been an absolute pleasure to talk to you, Mr. Finnegan.
1: Likewise, Mr. Clicker.
0: All right. We will see you
1: later. Thank you for listening to Fully Charged. You can find more of these podcasts on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Fully Charged is produced by Angelo Fernando. Theme music is from Free Music Archive. Additional support for this podcast comes from the Boosters and Stugo at Benjamin Franklin High School.